From the brains behind Teal the Show, this is Teal the Podcast, your source for Jaguars news and analysis with NFL insider Mark Brunel and your host, Cole Pepper. We welcome you into Teal the Podcast. Over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be taking an up-close look at the Jaguars position group by position group. Right now, though, let's start with a conversation about the offensive coordinator and where the Jaguars are going from here. Mark, uh, were you surprised that the Jaguars made their first coaching move of the offseason a move to get rid of the offensive coordinator, John Filippo? A little surprised, Cole. If you look at the, the offense, considering that the, a rookie quarterback started 12 of 16 games this year, and for them to end up 20th in the NFL in total yards, a 1,000-yard receiver, a 1,000-yard rusher, uh, a young quarterback in Gardner Minshew that, that – uh, completed 60% of his passes, 21 touchdowns, six interceptions, a lot of good numbers. But when your starting quarterback goes down after 11 plays and you manage to, to put up some good numbers, I think that speaks volumes about the offensive coordinator. Now, they're 6-10. and 10. I understand that. Not a great record. But I thought John Filippo did a good job. But Doug Merle wants to go in a different direction. I thought from a play-calling standpoint, we saw some creativity with him. Yes. More so than we maybe had seen in the past. Uh, maybe that was confidence in a quarterback developing in a rookie whatnot. Not a ton of creativity. Sometimes, though, if you're going to be creative, you've got to have the offensive line to be able to pull that off. So you can't put that all on John Filippo. But let's talk about the future now, the next steps. If you're Doug Marone, what kind of a coach are you looking to get in here? And more notably, what kind of a coach can you expect to get in here when you're basically on a, on a one-year, you know, a pretty short leash? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough situation to be in because whoever that candidate is is looking at at the situation knowing that Doug Marone could be gone in a year, and if Doug Marone's gone in, in a year or less, well, guess what? That off- offensive coordinator in all likelihood will be also. Philosophically, uh, I think Doug Marone's going to look f- for a guy like him, I would guess, and, and that's a guy in old school, uh, smash mouth football, run the ball, use Leonard Fournette, continue to make him the bell cow of this offense. Um, at the same time, Doug Marone can say, you know what? I understand the importance of running. We need someone to, to kind of expand our passing game and, and develop Gardner Minshew and turn him into a more of a park, pocket passer with that added dimension of running around and getting off schedule and extending plays and making things happen. It's hard to say what Doug Marone's thinking right now, but I do believe in the NFL, you got to run the football. That's where you start. A solid offensive line, run the football, let the passing game, especially if you're going to have a, running, uh, uh, a young quarterback, let that passing game complement what's most important, and that is uh, moving the ball on the ground. You've got some guys out there right now who are former offensive coaches, then became head coaches, and now may be available. A guy like Jason Garrett, let go by the Cowboys. Um, Jay Gruden, let go in midseason by Washington. Even Jim Caldwell, who's an assistant with Miami right now. Is that the kind of coach you'd like to see come in here? Do you want to see a young guy who might uh, be cutting his teeth for the first time as an offensive player. Young guys many times are not that proven. I want someone proven. Jason Garrett would be great. Um, Jay Gruden would be great. You would think, though, that those guys have had enough. Just think of the owners that they just previously worked for, Jerry Jones and Dan Snyder. They just might want a year off. I know I would. <laughs> but coaches are, are a different breed. You, a lot of guys don't know what to do with, with a year off. Maybe they're, they're a possibility. That certainly would be nice. Proven guys that have called plays, that have had a lot of success. Um, I think Doug Marone would be smart to look at those guys closely, and I think it, it would be great. It certainly would generate some enthusiasm and some excitement 
uh, for the Jaguar fan base right now. Okay, we're going to start our look at the Jaguars roster. We're going to go position group by position group here, Mark. And uh, let's go ahead and start with the quarterbacks. Do you like what the Jaguars have in the quarterback's room right now? I do like the quarterback position right now. Uh, listen, Nick Foles is going to be a very good backup next year. In all likelihood, Gardner Minshew will be the starter. He certainly enters the offseason as the starter. I like what they have in the room, but I'm not sure the quarterback for the next 10 to 12 years is in that room. Uh, the jury's still out on Gardner Minshew. Um, he could turn out to be a very good quarterback, could be the franchise guy. I'm not completely sold on that, Cole. It's interesting because you have a lot of fans who are absolutely all in on Minshew. Sure. A lot of folks who are all in on Foles when the season began last year. Uh, I actually think that the if you take the temperature of the fan base on Foles, it's lower than the reality in terms of his opportunity to impact this team. If he's not traded, they're not going to cut him. It would kill a salary cap. If they, don't, if they don't trade him, they keep him around. I still think Nick Foles plays some role with his team in terms of getting ready for the season, if not beyond. Well, first of all, Nick Foles was great for Gardner Minshew and uh, um, just a, a veteran that's been around. Um, but I, I have a feeling that, that Nick Foles is going to play a much bigger role than most people expect. I don't think that story's done being written. Uh, he is a good quarterback, has had some great moments. Everyone knows he's a Super Bowl MVP. So it's too soon to write him off. Gardner Minshew, again, he can go in either way. But this offseason is critical for him. He has to become a better passer. Stay in the pocket. Be patient. Go through your reads. You can't make a living call on just running around and, and getting off schedule. Hopefully, that's the, that's the step that he takes uh, this offseason. Remember, the Jaguars picked ninth in the first round, also 20th. But with that ninth pick, if you saw a quarterback there, there are three probable top ten quarterbacks in the draft. Joe Burrow, probably going to go number one. Probably. I think you'd take him if you had the opportunity Absolutely. Tua Tagovailoa from Alabama, and then Justin Herbert from Oregon. Would you spend the ninth pick on a quarterback? Not, one, not the, those two, Tua or, or Herbert. Uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. I don't think those guys are the franchise guys, the next 10, 12-year uh, guy. Joe Burrow, if you had a chance, if you had a chance to move up and get him, uh, I would absolutely consider it. He's a special one. But uh, um, out of those three, only Joe. Mark, when you talk about the running backs with the Jaguars, it starts with Leonard Fournette, but he's not the only guy in that room. He's not the only guy in the room, but he's certainly the, the guy in the room that mattered this year. Leonard Fournette took a big jump this year. Uh, a lot of receptions, over 70 receptions. Are you kidding me this year? The go-to guy, leading receiver in receptions for the Jaguars, is, which is surprising. But the big number is over 1,000 yards on the ground. He took a big jump. Last year, he struggled after coming off a very good rookie season. But Leonard Fournette is back. Uh, he certainly was the, the, the biggest part of this offense, the most important part of this offense. He had a good year. Hopefully, that will continue, Cole. It's going to be determined basically on you know, who the offensive coordinator is and how much the running game is going to be important. But whoever it is, you think, Mark, Leonard Fournette's going to have to be a big part of that. The question really goes beyond that. Will guys like Rockwell Armstead be a big part of an offense? We saw some flashes from him as a rookie. We did. Armstead did well in a, in a supporting role. Uh, got in there particularly in Week 16 when, when uh, Leonard Fournette was, was not uh, in the game. Uh, he did well. Uh, you need a complimentary guy. And whether that's Armstead going forward or another guy, the key is having Leonard healthy, uh, playing 16 games. He only got 15. He, that last one he had a flu, unfortunately. That's a, uh, a durable running back. is absolutely critical to have. Uh, hopefully Leonard, uh, again, has a very strong offseason, gets better and comes back even stronger because regardless of 
the offensive coordinator or whatever system that is headed our way with the next with the with Doug Marone's hire, you got to be able to run the football. And Leonard Fournette did a good job of that this year. All right, last the big question here: Would you address running back in any regard, draft, free agency, you name it, in the offseason? No, I I would stick with what we got right now. I liked Armstead. I like Fournette. Uh, I think having those two guys going into this offseason uh, should be good enough for the Jaguars. There will be some opportunities to bring in some guys at the bottom part of the roster. You may see that. But, again, I like your, your point. The one-two punch of Fournette and Armstead looks like something the Jaguars can hang their hat on as, as an offense. They haven't been able to do that for a while, maybe going back to the Maurice Jones-Drew era. Today we're talking about a position that really has plagued the Jaguars. They haven't really had that guy Going back to Mercedes Lewis and maybe a few years before that even, you talk about Mercedes heyday, that is the tight end position. Mark, they've tried to address this position in the last couple of years. Where does the tight end room stand right now in your mind? Well, it, it remains to be seen because it really depends on who the next offensive coordinator is. And, and in that system that he brings, will the tight end be something that's very important to, to uh, the Jaguars being effective? I'd like to think it is. I think it's important to have a, uh, two very good tight ends. And if one of them is a good blocker, the other one's a, uh, a receiving tight end, so be it. But for, for right now, it's a position that, that there's a void right there. And it's been plagued by injuries. And, and, it, and it's unfortunate because as a former quarterback, I knew the importance of having a good tight end, particularly if one that can catch the football. But if you can get one that can catch the ball, run good routes, and can block, those guys are hard to find. It would be incredible boost for the Jaguars to get one of those guys in the room. And to your point, that's really going to be an interesting thing depending on who is making the, the call on the type of tight end that you want. Do you want a guy who is more of a pass-catching guy, a big receiver type? Do you want somebody who is more of an in-line guy or one of each? Uh, they've, they've had a few of these. And you, know, you played with Pete Mitchell, who was a down-the-field right. threat. You played with Kyle Brady, who could block as well as anybody, but could also catch the ball a little bit. You don't see as many of those guys anymore who do it all. Uh, so... To me, the thing is find a guy who could be a threat in the passing game first and foremost. Yeah, and and perhaps that could be Josh Oliver, you know, the rookie that, that came in and, and uh, uh, had a season uh, full of injuries, really didn't get on the field and contribute very much. But uh, who's to say he won't be that guy? He needs to stay healthy. He needs to get better. But he's a talented player, and he can emerge as that pass-catching wide receiver. But I was real fortunate. I had Kyle. I had Pete. You know, in those days, we were a pretty good offense, and, and that had a lot to do with it. Yeah, you look around the teams that are doing well in the National Football League offensively year in and year out. They've got a good quarterback. They've got the offensive line, and they've got that tight end who can make a difference down the field. There's no doubt that the Jaguars could benefit from an upgrade in the tight end room coming up here in the offseason of 2020. And, you know, I would say that as you go through some of these position groups, it's pretty obvious to answer the question, should the Jaguars address this group in the offseason or not? Most of these are pretty easy yes-no answers. Wide receiver, though, Mark, a little tougher to figure. Yeah, DJ Chark, who had the great year. D.D. Westbrook lasted the season before, 2018, showed some signs. Yep. Um, do they need to address this position, especially early in the draft for big money free agency? Cole, I don't, I don't think so. I actually like this group. It's not a great group. Uh, it's, a, it's a good, solid group. And this year, uh, I thought there were moments where each of them uh, contributed in a big way especially D.J. Chark. He started the 2019 season at just in a, in a great way. was a go-to guy for Gardner Minshew. I think it's a pretty solid group. Room for improvement. These guys have to get better. Um, but I don't think it's a, it's, it's a big need for, for the Jaguars. Now, if someone should become available, a special premier number one guy, those guys don't come available too often. 
But if by chance you can get one of those guys, that would be a huge addition. But it's a hard-working group. I've, I've talked to Keenan McCardell, the wide receiver coach uh, for the Jaguars. He likes the group. And if Keenan McCardell likes this group and, and he thinks it's a group that's getting better, where football is important to him, uh, then, then I'm going to believe Keenan McCardell on that. All right, the big question to me is, is DJ Chark a bona fide, year-in, year-out, number one wide receiver? He, is he that guy? He's not right now, but he absolutely could be. And when I mentioned Keenan McCardell, Keenan uh, goes out of his way to talk about how special this kid can be. He's got size, really good hands, uh, over 1,000 yards receiving this year. Um, and, and again, a, a professional, a young player that knows what it means to come to work and do whatever he can to get better and better. I think he has the potential to be that number one guy. Um, hopefully we see that next year for the Jaguars. And they brought in Chris Conley last offseason. Not a big dollar free agent, but somebody who could help the team a little bit. I wouldn't be at all surprised, Mark, to see somebody like that brought in this year by the Jaguars if they're going to try to find just somebody else to help the offense. Again, a lot of questions about the quarterback and about the offensive coordinator and the offensive approach. But having more weapons on offense is never a problem in the National Football League. All right, we'll wrap up the week looking at the Jaguars' position group by position group with the offensive line. We'll get into the defense next week. Uh, Mark, the offensive line has a lot of parts that you think you might be able to utilize, but a lot of parts with some questions as well. Left tackle, Cam Robinson, question mark. Left guard, Andrew Norwell, question mark. Center, Brandon Linder, maybe a question mark. Right guard with A.J. Can and Will Richardson, certainly a question mark. Maybe the least question mark on this line is the yeah, rookie the right rookie, tackle, right. Juwan Taylor. <laughs> it's interesting. Before the season, we talked about how if this line can stay healthy, they can do some really good things. And they, and they did. It wasn't a great group, but it was a good group. A quarterback that threw for uh, about 3,200 yards, a running back that got over 1,000. But it just seemed like they certainly could have been better, particularly at the left guard position. Norwell has not met expectations. Of course, when you get a big contract, you're expect expected to play at a very high level. I don't think you can say that Andrew Norwell did that. The le uh, next to him, Cam Robinson, he struggled. He simply hasn't become the player that the Jaguars hoped he would become. Uh, A.J. Ken, solid. Uh, Jawan had a pretty good first year. And Brandon Linder, Brandon Linder is Brandon Linder. He's going to be solid one of the better centers in the league. So if I was going to grade these guys, I'd give them a, a B. Uh, we expected better out of them. Okay, but a, a couple of those positions, particularly on the left side, probably need to be addressed. Would you agree better as a run-blocking group than a pass-blocking group at this point? I, I would. Uh, when you've got a, a runner that's gone over 1,000 yards, the offensive line is, is doing some good things. All right, so this is the big question. Should the Jaguars address this position group with a high draft pick or – a big spend in free agents. Absolutely. I think the Jaguars on both sides of the ball, defense and offense, need to get big. They need to get a lineman. What, whether that is a guard or it's a tackle, if one is available, I think that needs to be addressed, at least in the first two rounds. Find a big guy uh, that can step in and contribute right away. Usually, if you're going to find a big guy who's going to be able to help you in the draft, it's got to come pretty early, first or second round. The good news is the Jaguars have three picks out of the first 40, so they'll be in good shape to try to find an offensive lineman who can make a difference for them in 2020. Mark will tackle the defense next week. Sounds great. Thank you.